welcome to this week's episode of Load In, Load Out, a tour story podcast produced in Athens, Georgia, in association with Kinder Core Industries. This week, we're pressing the start button on an interview with Noah McCarthy, Nintendo operator for the band Bit Brigade. Cash and Ryan are off this week, so I sat down with Noah to chat about the special hot dogs of Seattle, composing a speed run that rocks, and audience-induced technical difficulties. Hello. So just to give the listeners some context, uh, a Bit Brigade show is a bunch of very accomplished musicians playing behind you, playing a video game on the screen behind them. Is any of that incorrect? Uh, No, that sounds about right. I have my own little TV that gets uh, projected behind us, so they're either watching the TV or the projected screen and watching me so they can score the track to yeah the game so they're taking visual cues off the game playing either in front or behind them right and you win the video game whichever <laughs> video game while they're performing music selections from that video game on stage all at the same time in front of an audience that is the goal is for me to beat the crap out of a video game in front of yeah a bunch of people while these guys play all the music to it yep And you guys do what I would say like normal touring would be like, you know, a club show with other rock bands. But you also do video game conferences, large showcases, things that only kind of exist in that world. Right. Yeah. um, It's really interesting to play. Yeah. Those are two very different venues where we'll play like the Benaroya Hall in Seattle, which is like really fancy uh, theater seating. And it's great for. Uh, these other groups that we play with, like acoustic uh, groups, or there's a, a symphonic group, um, our friends Triforce Quartet, who are, I think, two viola, violin, and cello. Um, and we play with them recently, and they're great. Anyways, uh, it's a great venue for them, and it's really fun for us to play it, but then we get to play other uh, rock clubs and stuff like that that is actually way more fun for us and louder and the crowd gets into it um but it's interesting how many different places uh yeah this band has taken us absolutely so uh, you've got a musical background you grew up playing guitar and such and you're friends with a lot of the guys but you play nintendo in a band Right, yeah, this, uh, for this, I just play the NES, Original Nintendo Entertainment System. Yep. (laughs) Have you guys ever thought about doing games on another system? Is that one of those, maybe I shouldn't ask this. Uh, Yeah, no, we've talked about it. Uh, We're still trying to milk the NES for all it's worth because there's so many good games with such great music. And um, one of the main reasons we stuck with the NES is the actual NSF file Uh, Like the music file that's on the original game is split up into what is essentially a rock band with, I think it's two square waves, a triangle wave, and a a noise track, which is basically two guitars, bass, and drums, which is like, it just translates so perfectly for what we do. Um, But yeah, there's also, we've talked about doing Super Nintendo games, but there's more tracks, and actually we have done some songs from... Uh, Super Metroid and A Link to the Past, but they have to kind of arrange those songs a little bit more, whereas the NES tracks is like just... You play them almost straight as they were. Exactly. 
how do you guys go about choosing which which games you're going to perform? Is that like a collaborative decision with you and them musically? Or does it go back and forth? Have you ever tried a game and it was just like, no, there's no way this is going to work? Yeah, there's a lot of discussion about it. There's basically three rules that we set that the game needs to be visually interesting to watch and fun to play. Um, and the music has to be really good, obviously. Um, and usually we have games that are like a part of a series so we can pull from, uh, the entire franchise. So it's really good if the whole franchise has really good music and we can just kind of like pull all these songs and put it together to really fill up the soundtrack of the game that we're playing. Uh, and also the game has to be beat in a reasonable amount of time, which is basically between, Short games, like 15 minutes, and longer games around 40, 45 minutes. And so just for context for the listeners, what are some of the games that you guys have performed? Yeah, uh, originally we were Contraband, so we did the original Contra. Then Mega Band, uh, we started doing Mega Man 2. Then Castlevania 3. Uh, so yeah, Contra is about a 17-minute game. Mega Man 2 is a 40-minute game. Then we did Castlevania 3, which is a nightmare 45-minute game that we don't do anymore because it's just a nightmare of a game. Uh, then we did started doing Castlevania 1, which is another short one, around 17 minutes. Then the original Legend of Zelda, and then the original Metroid, uh, and also Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Have there ever been any games that were close to meeting those three criteria that you guys were really wanting to do, but just didn't, yeah. qu it didn't quite fit within the parameters? Well, we'd love to do Blaster Master, but there's just not enough good songs, and it's kind of too long. Uh, so that's an example. We love to do Marvel Madness, but it's the exact opposite. The game is too short, and the songs are too long. So literally, I have to beat the game so fast that uh, the stages are too short for some of the songs to be even halfway done. Oh. <laughs> and the music is amazing. No, I, I, I uh, certainly yeah. am familiar with the music to that game. It's addictive. <laughs> How old were you when you started playing video games? It, like, at what point did it... Memory. Like, yeah, the, my, basically like earliest memories I can think of. Um, yeah are probably playing video games. We had a Commodore 64 when I was really young and then got an NES maybe like a year or so after those came out. Um, so I was playing video games. I felt like I grew up with video games, I guess some like, yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I was, I was an adolescent while, while video games were adolescent and now they're maturing in, in a different way, but I feel like I kind of like grew up with them. We hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Load In, Load Out. As always, you can catch up with us at kindercore.com where you'll find an array of CDs, vinyl, t-shirts, and other assorted finery. Review us on iTunes or follow Load In, Load Out on Twitter and Facebook. Getting back to our interview, I asked Noah what Bit Brigade gets up to when they have a day off on the road. Um, well, if, it, if we have an off day and we're near a theme park, we go try to do that. Like if there's ever, we've definitely been on the road driving like, oh, there's like, uh, was it King's Dominion? I think we went to, we just saw it and we're like, oh, uh, we were driving home. Well, I guess we need to go ride some roller coasters. So we've tried to fit in roller coasters whenever we can. Uh, other than that, we just hang out in our room and drink and play video games. We have, uh... The, the little NES system is a top loader, which is really reliable, uh, but we have this EverDrive cartridge that has a, a SD card in it that has, we basically have every NES game, 
And we also have the same thing for Super Nintendo, so we'll bring those along and just hang out and find random games that we've never heard of before and... Hit start. Yeah, and stupid things happen. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Are there any places uh, that you guys like to eat that, like, if you're in Seattle, you guys have yep. played... PAX, the Penny Arcade Expo, a couple of times. Are, are there any places yeah. that you guys like to return to to eat? There, my my personal. Well, there's one we always go to, Pike's. Uh, I think Pike Market uh, Chowder. There's uh, a restaurant in the mall that's right next to the convention center that we go to. That's just Pike Market Chowder, and it's amazing. Some of the best clam chowder. Uh, that's one place we always hit up. There's really good, like. Um, Asian food out there, so we always try to do that. Uh, but my actually, my personal favorite is this Japanese hot dog vendor. Uh, it's outside of a, a Target that's like <laughs> one block away from the Benaroya Hall, and I've, I've visited him every <laughs> single year for the past four years Funny. and gotten this... Uh, this is a little Japanese hot dog with seaweed and wasabi and carrots and onions and uh, another sauce. I can't think of the name. Uh, Certainly sounds it's, good. It's awesome. Um, that sounds, deli- that sounds yeah. delicious. So that's like my favorite uh, thing in Seattle. But the, yeah, there's there's places around that we've definitely found that we always visit that's really good. That's the great thing about going back to a place that you've been a couple of times is you start to learn that that mm-hmm. area around, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I know sometimes you guys are there for a couple of days kind of playing and doing a, a bit of a thing. And it's always nice to go back to those places where it's like, man, that, that place is so good. <laughs> but like the small hot dog vendor, that's. Yeah. <laughs> it is my favorite. When, you know, most musicians have like a kit, like a pedal board, their mm-hmm. guitar, whatever. What do you have in mm-hmm. your bag? Like what goes out with you exactly? You mentioned you have a yeah. monitor that you're watching on. You're not watching yeah. behind you necessarily. You're facing backwards. I have a, a little CRT um, that, that I use that, yeah, we use the CRT TVs because there's no lag. Um like HDTV would be easier to lug around, um, but there's a input lag, like I guess display lag and stuff like that that goes on. So it makes it really difficult to play those older games. Um, but yeah, I got the little TV and a, a, a pedal case that is that contains um, the projector and its stand and my sample pedal and mixer. Uh, as well as, um, I guess I got some cables and stuff in there. And then I have a bag that has two NESs, uh, two EverDrive cartridges, a bunch of just our, uh, what kind of cables, just like video cables. Yeah, like RCA cables. Uh, RCA cables and uh, what are are the um, guitar cables? Like quarter-inch cables. Quarter-inch cables. Got a few of those. just lots of yeah, little boring things, uh, extension cords and it's still lots fa- of cables. It's just fascinating <laughs> because uh, you know I'm so familiar with asking people about you know yeah. what's in your kit. You know, are you using one of those Line Six DL4 <laughs> pedals? Particular things. And right. When I thought about what you probably have to deal with to get <laughs> ready for a show, it's like well, it's got to be the same thing. But I don't know what's in that bag. <laughs> Uh, is uh, the two Nintendos obviously you're, you've got one for redundancy if something yeah, goes down? We got backup. Okay. Uh-huh. Both of those are just backup, just ready, uh, just in case something happens. They but... make you carry your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> of course they do. Do you ever help Mike carry his drums? Um, 
Sometimes, not usually. We it's try good. to, yeah. I think it's good karma, but it's not. It's not <laughs> like the law or anything. Mm. <laughs> uh, we we help each other out. We all kind of like try to pick up and help everyone move stuff. And uh, <laughs> when you guys started as contraband, when when was that? How long have you been at this? Oh man, like a dozen years ago, I think. I want to say like eleven or twelve years ago. Sounds about right. And so, how, how many shows do you think you guys have played since then? Obviously, oof. yeah. I mean, I have no idea. But you guys, honestly. you guys are out a pretty good bit. I watch your cats sometimes. So yeah. Uh, how much prep time does it take you? Like, if if you guys met today and said we're going to do game X, like how long would it take you to get to the point that you're ready to hit the stage with it? Um, it depends on the game. Uh, some of them, uh, yeah, obviously take longer than others. I'll usually. Spend a month or so um, learning a game, building a run, watching other speed runs, and just learning. I'm basically kind of, uh, over time, I've kind of just looked at it as though I am building or like writing sheet music or something. I'm building a run in a way that I'm, and I'm trying to make a, instead of like a, a normal speed run, uh, someone's trying to beat these games as fast as possible. And doing crazy tricks all the way. And I'm just trying to beat this game really quickly in a very consistent uh, way. And so I kind of have to build my own consistent run and just stay on it. So it'll take, you know, I, I play these games hundreds of times. Definitely. So that was kind of whatever what that was... adds up to. <laughs> well, for a long game, if it's 30 or 45 minutes, yeah. Do the math. That's a lot of work to do it. But you're, the the speed run that you concoct has to be replicatable consistently in front of people, and uh, you know it has to work in a way that it works with the musicians working behind you. So, yeah. It, sometimes I'm sure. Do you ever watch speed runs and you're like, "That's a cool trick," but there's no way that's of no yeah, use to me. Constantly, uh, and I'll try try things out. I'm even. We, we've been doing Mega Man two for a, over a decade now. And I'm still changing little things in the run, being like, oh, that would probably shave off some time, and that would make that stage shorter, which I do want to make shorter, but there's other stages where that I actually, like the Wiley 1 stage, I beat it so it's exactly two repetitions of the song, um, which means I just kind of have to like dance for a little while. I make Mega Man just like jump around and just do nothing for a minute, just so that we can time that one right because it's a great song and it should be heard two full times. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Ugh. And when you guys, uh, just so people, you can go to YouTube and search for Bit Brigade. I recommend it in terms of getting a visual representation of what's going on. It's very difficult to believe it until you see it. But you guys go into like, say you walk from the stage proper into a boss room, you guys go into the boss music. Right. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, give and take. Me listening to them and trying to get things, and I'll, I'll know if um, they're stuck in, like, a really difficult part. Sometimes I can slow down to make it sure that I know everyone can be on point and see what's happening. Um, or, yeah, uh, so they're watching me as much as I'm listening to them, and we're all just, like, kind of, like, trying to time everything just right. So if, if you're a jazz musician and you're in the audience and you <laughs> love that type of interplay between musicians, think about this for a second in terms of like what kind of interplay is going on here between a, a young fellow playing Nintendo in front of a band and then perform, performing directly behind him with no sync track. You guys aren't running like MIDI time code. There's no kind of stuff running to keep the show together except mm. skill. 
Well, yeah, because we couldn't do that because th random things happen in the game. And so sometimes I'll die or sometimes I'll just I'll lose this or pick up something that I shouldn't have. And that'll make one section longer. You just have to deal with it. So, yeah. Neat stuff. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Magfest and PAX have been really incredible. The crowds have been awesome. And just, yeah, just super fun to be a part. Uh, of, of those events and know. MAGFest is music and games mm -hmm. and that's something you've been doing for a good while yeah um six years I think we've gone the last six years I think that sounds right um and yeah we'll be back next year um that's the beginning of the year I think it's like the first or second week in January next year uh, but you've done both PAX Prime and... We did PAX Prime, which is now called PAX West. Okay, West. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, they just recently changed that. Uh, PAX East and West and South, which is... So East is in uh, Boston, and then West is in Seattle, and South is in San Antonio. I think MAGFest definitely always jumps to the mind. Just the crowd there is so much fun. Um, so... I mean, when you're playing in front of literally thousands of people and a lot of them are singing along to instrumental songs to the point that like you can hear the crowd singing along to instrumental songs over our band, which if you know us, we're very loud. Um, uh, yes, you, yes, you are. <laughs> so I don't know. That's kind of something that when I think of just great experiences, something like that is always really fun. Have you ever gotten an opportunity to play in front of a composer that actually composed the video game music? That yeah. Uh, at MAGFest, um, I guess it was a few years ago, we did Castlevania 1 and Contra, and the composer of most of the Castlevania 1 music, she was in the front row and watched us and got to see the whole show and even talked about us the next morning at a panel that she did. Um, so what, that was pretty what is, awesome. What is that like? The, amazing. It was unbelievable. I still, yeah, can't, yeah, it's crazy. Outside of the festivals, or I guess they're not festivals, they're expos, um, or trade shows, what's your favorite, like, rock club to play? Do you, uh, you got a couple here that you play in town. Well, but. I think the coolest one that we did was the first year that we did PAX, we did the Paramount in Seattle. Isn't that, isn't that the, is, I th well, I know that, they were all, all the guys in the band were excited. I think it was like there was a Nirvana set that was there, like a Nirvana live set. Oh, okay. That was at the yeah the Paramount, and that was like one of the coolest venues that we played. That was just a really cool venue. Um, Have you got to, uh, you know, you obviously follow video games pretty closely, like the industry. Mm -hmm. Have you gotten to try virtual rea reality stuff at all? Like, what do you think about all that? Um, just a little bit. It was at the first PAX that we did. I got to sneak in early and do an Oculus Rift demo, and it was awesome. Uh, it was so much fun. I am excited about it. I'm definitely too poor to afford the stuff now, but I can't wait for it to come down. I don't know. It's going to be its own. It's weird because it's its own... I don't know what the right way to say it's it, it's definitely different than controller in hand watching a display. I yeah. Mean, it's a fundamentally different. And you're experience. really putting yourself inside this, uh, I don't know, sphere. Uh, you're blocking yourself out from the rest of the world in a way that's really funny. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if it, if it actually picks up. Because if it's in like a lot of households, that means there's a lot of people who will be completely segregated from everyone else. And like, and yeah, I don't know, just that person who 
is is literally in a different place, but still inside their household, how they interact or the other people around them interact with that is going to be funny. Well, uh, yeah, certainly <laughs> law of unintended consequences. I know, <laughs> I know you have about as much faith in humanity as I do, mm-hmm. uh, which means, you know, we've got motor vehicle accidents. Uh, the rates are rising right now. And, and there's only one thing to attribute it to. People oh. are looking at their phones. Yeah, playing Pokemon uh-huh. Go. <laughs> Are you still playing? Did you play? No. no. You never picked up the bug? Uh, no, I, I usually download apps like that and play them for like, you know, five or ten minutes. And they're like, cool. All right. Done. Delete. Move on. What are you playing right now for just fun, not for the band particularly? Um, I just downloaded and beat uh, Hyperlight Drifter yesterday. That was awesome. Super fun. Just the... Had you ever played it before? No. And... Hyperlight Drifter. Now I've never played it. It's supposed to. Well, I'd be yeah. I mean, I'd be like the basic storyline. So, and I'm still playing it and finding like the extra secret stuff. But I, you know, I'd be thumbs up. Oh, it was great. It's super fun. And I started definitely started a new game plus that was way more difficult because they. I think that's when the game essentially starts because they take away all your health. You only get like when you start the game. The normal game, I think you have five points of health, and then New Game Plus, they only give you two points, and so it really makes it so, like, it's, you, yeah, you have to do everything correctly, um, but it controls awesome. It's just a really fun Metroidvania, Zelda-type game. Um, the, the art style is beautiful. That was... I've heard that about yeah. it. I've heard the art style is wonderful. Music is really cool at, and atmospheric, too. Um, let's see. Uh, played that. I've been playing Crypt of the Necro Dancer. That's been fun. Um, Volgar the Viking, which is this like new arcade throwback game. It's really brutal. Almost looked like a a Golden Sun art style kind Mm -hmm. of. Yeah, like Golden Axe. Axe, Excuse me. (laughs) Different game. Um, So yeah, I play a lot of retro inspired games or just old old games, uh, actual old NES games. Little Nemo. Yep, I was playing that recently. (laughs) That one was really fun. (laughs) Cool. Uh, you also have your, what you studied in school was art. Mm-hmm. I uh, got a BFA in drawing. And so you do stuff with that as well, sometimes when you're going to these conventions or just. Yeah, being with the band and going to MAGFest and conven- conventions like that um, have allowed me to sell nerdy artwork to nerds. Uh, I do all these, like, um, a lot of people call it, I guess people call it uh, pixel art in the same way that I would say someone calls what I'm doing in the band speed running. Like, it's close. It's almost that, but it's a little bit different. Um, I just try to do these paintings that are very accurate to the original screenshots of games, but still have, like, the detail that I feel the artist originally intended. And so I get this kind of mix between... um, I guess my style and the artist's original style and the video game, um, but still being very accurate to the the original pixel art. And what and what are some of the games you've used as subjects? Um, a lot of Zelda games, um, Final Fantasy VI, uh, Chrono Trigger, um, Katamari games. Love doing Katamari paintings. Uh, <clears throat> I've seen some wicked Shovel Knight. Oh, yeah. Shovel Knight one's real fun. Uh, I got plans on doing... There's this game that I played at um, at PAX this year, just recently, called Chasm, 
that looks amazing. And I was talking to the guys who were making it, and uh, yeah, I want to do a painting of that. That one's going to be really fun. There's just some really beautiful pixel art in that game. Um, yeah. And all that stuff is available, prints, originals. Yeah, I have uh, an Etsy shop uh, that is Ganon Dork at Etsy. Um, and also Studio Pen Pen is the studio that my partner and I have uh, set up. And you can find that at studiopenpen.com. And that has links to both of our, our shops on there. Nice. Have you ever had one of those shows where something goes wrong, either technically or something just goes incorrect in the run and you have to kind of recover? What are those oh yeah. shit situations? All like? of them. Uh, no, um, but it definitely started off that way. Our first Contra show ever on Aliens Layer, the final stage, the crowd was going so crazy that they pushed the TV over. So I had to pause the game and catch the TV and put it back up and it froze so it was just froze. Our first show, the game froze before Thanks we could even much. beat it. Thanks for coming yeah, out tonight. And so they played the song and played the credits music. And they're like, all right, cool. Um, but yeah, so it started off that way. Um, but uh, actually, the worse I do, the more the audience enjoys it. There's a, a an inverse correlation. So like me failing... It means the audience just like gets sucked in and is having so much more fun. There's definitely like a NASCAR race vibe going on where the audience wants to wants see to uh, see somebody wreck. Yeah. So when you guys go out and play with normal, quote unquote, rock bands, do you ever get some interesting reactions? How do people react to seeing what you guys do in a, a like a club context? It's usually the same reaction because just describing it to people, nobody understands what it is. Um, and then they see it and they get so excited. Like, is, yeah, uh, people. It's great when people like who work the clubs get excited at your show because you know they're there, you know, day in or day out and playing or setting up and doing things for bands that they're just not into. And so you know, when the door guy actually comes in and watches you, uh, that's always really fun. But um, we always get great reactions from those people because they have no idea what's going to happen, and when they actually see it happen, it just kind of like. It, it blows people's minds. Like I didn't. <laughs> how does, how does sound check work for you guys? I mean, I guess you have to test everything all at once. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, just normal sound check. I have, uh, like I said, I have a sample pedal with uh sound effect. Actually, originally I had the sample pedal that had a bunch of sound effects from all the games. And I would hit the sample pedal to cue the sound effects when we were doing stuff like going through a gate in Mega Man two or at killing the boss. I would do the boss explosion, um, but we've, uh, I guess within the past like four or five years, we've had our friend named Ryan 8-Bit uh, who takes the, the, the actual file for the NES, the file's called a ROM, and he get, breaks into the ROM, hacks into it, and removes the music and leaves all the sound effects in. That's why we use the EverDrive that we do, like we do, is so that we have a, a oh, ROM okay. that has only the music taken out. 
And so I'll have uh, the audio from the TV go into a mixer and then go from that into a DI uh, on stage. So basically the sound check is normal to two guitars, bass, and drums, and then they'll test the DI. Yeah, okay, so um, the, the sound guys yeah. just got a DI yep. as if you were a, a keyboard player or something. Yep. You just have to take it into DI. And, and then, then I hit the little button, and it plays the Mega Man explosion or whatever, or I play the game, and they'll hear it through it. And okay, yeah. so the game that you're playing doesn't have the music track in it. It's been removed. Yep. And neat. <laughs> <laughs> it was very helpful for me. I mean, I was a lot less of like doing the Ninja Gaiden cutscenes originally. I had to time all the sound effects in the cutscenes and do things like that and switch between them. And yeah, that's so. an, an, an another <laughs> level of button pushing while all of it's go, <laughs> going yep. on. That's nuts. How do you how do you guys travel normally? Is it normally in like van? Yep, uh, we got a Sprinter van that we yeah travel in that we've had for a while now. Bryant has had that for a good amount of time. They do Cinema Mechanica tours in that. We've been doing Bit Brigade tours in that for a good amount of time. It's been reliable. Ever have any run-ins with law law enforcement? Um, not us. Yeah, we've been lucky. It's been good. Okay. Just so you know, Deerhoof said that on this podcast, yeah. and they Uh-oh. were immediately in an accident. So you're officially jinxed now. <laughs> uh, and you guys fly for some of the like the yeah. longer trips. They've uh, yeah flown us out to PAX, and when we do those, that's been good. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you been lobbying to go to Australia and do the the PAX show there? Yeah, we would love to. Um, I think it's just we might have like one or two too many people in the band. It's just like that much more expensive for those tickets. So that we have it's, it's an expensive ticket yeah <laughs> it's an expensive ticket i've looked at it before just to go visit perth and it's very very expensive but uh then again bit brigade in australia sounds like a, a road movie i would watch like that that sounds <laughs> that would, like it would be a lot of fun that would be um so what what's coming up for you guys what do you have go- going on in the future you do release recorded versions of the soundtracks yep um, uh, immediate future, we're going on a short tour, um, in a couple days, we're going to Tulsa uh, and back, but uh, then, let's see, well, we're working on a couple new games for next year, so we'll also be working on those albums Anything you well. can announce now, or? Um, we're gonna, the plan for next year, just to debut at MAGFest, is gonna be an old game, Castlevania 1, we're bringing that back. Then we're doing a new game, uh, Batman, and then we're doing a secret encore game after that. Okay. So, <laughs> so I know sometimes you can talk about it beforehand, and sometimes it's yeah. a super special surprise. So, yeah, we'll be working on those, and hopefully that stuff will be done beginning of the year or something like that. Actually, I don't know uh, the, uh, if we'll have time for a recording at the beginning of the year, but we'll have all the games and the show set up for that. So, yeah. And in the next couple of years, what are you are you looking at trying to get any particular shows other than I mean, we've talked about Australia just because it'd be a dream. But uh, anything else you guys are looking, trying to get? Oh, we'd love to go to Japan, <laughs> play in Japan. But that's just I'm like kind of surprised that you've never gotten to Japan. It um, seems like it would be the type of. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these things are just who, you know, are you shopping for a next generation console? Um, I've, I've been holding off. I'll get a PS4 eventually. I'm not really an Xbox guy. What's the game that you think will finally get you to pull the trigger? Probably Last Guardian. When Last Guardian comes out, 
Um, there's a couple of games that I would definitely want to play, but most of the stuff I've been able to, to I can just play on Steam. Yeah. How many games are in your Steam account? Uh, a lot more than I've played. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen uh, the percentage of, they have the percentage you've completed of whatever. And I, I think the summer sales completely blow people up because you end mm-hmm. up buying like, you know, six or seven games. And if you get time to play them, you know, you play them, but you look at that percentage and you feel like, oh, I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. I'm lazy for not playing yeah, these you haven't, games. You haven't been playing enough games, you lazy asshole. And um, you're a World of Warcraft guy. I know you've got a bunch of alts. <laughs> I've dabbled, yeah. You've dabbled. Uh, uh, have you seen the movie? I have. <laughs> so what did you think? Be gentle, because, you know, the guy that directed I it. I thought is, it was fun. I thought it was a fun movie. It was exactly what I was expecting. It was just a fun movie. It I was. It was very... Well, it reminded me of another fun movie I saw recently, or I guess they reminded me of each other, Gods of Egypt, which is just, you know, it's, what, do you, what do you want to see? These are orcs and fighting and what all the magic and like, when you start questioning like these things too much, I just, I don't know. I just like enjoying stupid stuff like that. It's fun. I mean, I liked it because the same thing. My my expectations were set exactly properly for that film because I'd played the game and I know it's yeah. gonna have. A, you know, I I haven't played as much as Noah has. How many characters do you? Oh, have? I have no idea. I put months into that game. I have played multiple characters on multiple servers over years. It's a game that I definitely like. Come back to probably like once a year and put some put an unhealthy amount of time into. Um, I I know for a fact I have more than one character that I have played for the game. Like you hit slash played and it tells you how much game time you spent. That's how and I it tells playing. you like in, in like days and weeks and months. And I have multiple characters that I put months of game time into. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> Why does it feel like you're admitting something shameful? It's not. It's recreation. Yeah, well, it's yeah. Nah. All those sounds. Keep all those sounds in there. <laughs> I did really dig the Murloc sample. Like when that came, <laughs> when that came up in the movie, <laughs> it's like, a, you know, yeah. I, know, I know it's a cheap ploy to get me to laugh because I know that it's the end joke, but it's such a funny sound. And I've yeah. laughed so many times in the game. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So just wrapping up, where can we find you online? If we were going to find Noah McCarthy, the artwork, the guy in Bit Brigade, like where do we go online to find you? Um, I guess the best place would be studiopinpin.com. I have a like an artist Facebook page um that is uh I don't know. Well, I'm good at this. I don't even know the name. Ganon Dork's artwork or something like that. But whatever. Um but yeah, Studio Pinpin is the best place to find. I have an Instagram that's Studio Pinpin and uh the website studiopinpin.com. And for all the Bit Brigade releases? Uh, bitbrigade.com. Okay. Yeah, the easiest. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Straight up. And uh, that, you'd have merch. You guys have albums. Mm -hmm. We have, uh, uh, I guess, one DVD of our Contra set, and we have a bunch of albums from all the different uh, games that we do, and T-shirts and posters and stuff like that. And you design the T-shirts sometimes. Yeah, I do all the or most of the T-shirt designs and all the CD artwork. We got we just released a new vinyl, Mega Man Two on vinyl, and hopefully we'll have. Uh, it probably won't happen for a little while, but we we have ideas for a new vinyl uh, next year as well. So that'll be fun. Yeah. All right. So check out bitbrigade.com. 
cop some of that stuff. <laughs> well, thanks for being here, man. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. No, thank I you. appreciate you coming over. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Load In, Load Out, a tour story podcast produced by me, Bill Fortenberry. Normally, our hosts are Ryan Lewis and Cash Carter. Check us out at kindercore.com, review us on iTunes, or visit us on Twitter and Facebook at Load In, Load Out. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.